Welcome to It's Your Community with Vanessa Denha, a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to It's Your Community. I'm Vanessa Denha Garmo here. My next guest is the founder and CEO of the Jane Group, helping business leaders and their teams deliver unbelievable results faster and more profitably than they could have ever imagined. She's been a guest to hear on It's Your Community before. Now she's sharing information about her background and her work. Welcome, Camille Jane, to It's Your Community. How are you to this morning? I'm great, Vanessa. It's nice to talk with you again. It's so great to have you on. I know we talked uh, in the past about the Women's Business Institute, and we'll talk a little bit about that this morning. But first, I wanted to give our listeners a background uh, about who you are and what led you into becoming a turnaround expert and a business consultant. Well, I uh, was born in uh, Detroit, Michigan. I'm very proud Lebanese descent. And, um, you know, the Lebanese people are well known for being good business people. And I uh, uh, went to, was very fortunate to get into Stanford University. And I uh, wanted to follow in my father's footsteps. He was a doctor. So I was a pre-med major, but I also, um, had a real knack for the creative side of the business. So I was a double major in design and pre-med. Um, got into medical school at University of Michigan, decided I didn't want to do that. Interestingly enough, I thought, well, you know, I want to have a family, being a surgeon, not a great job for someone who wants to be a mother. So I decided to get a master's um, in product design and graphic design, so package design and graphic design. I did that in um, architectural firms, uh, taught in universities for a number of years. Uh, realized when you're a package uh, designer, like I work for companies like Hanes and things like that, you're on the tail end of the business. The folks who are fascinated me were the strategic folks who determined the folks who came out with new products who determined what the marketplace needed or wanted. And I decided I wanted to do that. Um, but to do that back in the 80s, you really had to have an MBA. So um, I, and I had gotten a master's also at Stanford in, in then product design. So I knew how to design the products themselves, but I needed to get an MBA in business for product development and marketing. So I did, I went to University of Michigan for that. And then I went straight into consumer packaged goods for companies like Procter & Gamble, in hair care, the Pillsbury Company, in food. So my creative background was a great complement to be able to kind of have the whole package. So as I did that and was successful, ultimately I was asked to go to very large companies like Comerica Bank to head up their retail side of the business when banks became deregulated and they needed to understand, you know, how do you sell? How do you market? Then um, I was tapped by Dr. John Malone. He was the chairman and CEO of Telecommunications Inc., TCN Denver, the largest cable company in the world. And he um, was a visionary who came up with digital TV, you know, 500 channels. Mm. And they were struggling in how to do that. And when you're in product development, you really learn all aspects of the business from the market research, to the development, to the operational layout, to the pricing, to the marketplace. So you're, you're 
like almost a glorified project manager with a strategic hat on. So I was tapped by Dr. Malone to come to TCI because they couldn't figure out how to design and launch digital TV. So when we did that successfully, and so that, that got me into technology, which I love, the digital world. And um, we were very successful. We, we did that. Um, my first real foray into a public company on Wall Street. And it was that, getting that reputation of knowing how to come in, put the right team together, figure it out, get it out quickly, that actually launched my career as a turnaround CEO. Because then I was tapped by a technology, a consumer electronics company in Orange County, California, Universal Electronics, that was had been around for about a dozen years and was um, almost shutting down. And I was tapped by uh, their CEO there to come in as a consultant initially and have a look. Then a month later, the board asked if I'd become president and CEO. And that's what got me into the turnaround business. So um, looking back at your career, Camille, what um, what advice do you have for people when they are transitioning into new positions like you did and kind of led you in this direction? What advice can you, because you mentor a lot of people, what advice yes. could you give them? Well, I, I, when I mentor, uh, I go through all, all of this. I, I start with, I think, one of the issues with people and leaders, because I've, I've coached even a lot of CEOs, they don't have, they don't spend enough time on self-reflecting and they don't have good self-awareness of how, how they interact and what drives them, how it affects the team and the business. So I start, uh, especially when I'm mentoring, and I, I did this for myself, what are, figure out what your drivers are. And drivers are not motivators. It's not what motivates you, it's what drives you. And those are things like money, <laughs> um, financial security, fear of failure, being heard, power, achieving the goal or winning, being respected, having a strong belief in yourself, wanting to be your own boss, um, proving something. Those are drivers that affect uh, your decisions in your career paths and it's kind of you can't help yourself. And as you go through your career, your drivers will change. So I'll give you an example. When I first started um, in my career, I had a, my a driver was a huge fear of failure. I came from a very successful family of all type A individuals. I was the last child. It's a little bit of psychology here. And I didn't want to be the first failure that drove me to excellence. I was also motivated by making a lot of money, my father being a good Lebanese guy he was, I mean, it was money, 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 but I was also driven by financial security. Mm -hmm. As I became successful and got known for being successful, I realized I had a good process. So my fear of failure wasn't a driver. I had a strong belief in self, which was a driver, but then because the expectations were so high for whoever hired me, my drivers switched to fear of disappointing others. And what, when you understand these things, it helps you understand the decisions you're making and why. I also had a strong belief in myself, which was needed as a woman in business when I went into business, you know, 40 years ago, 
it wasn't easy. It's not easy now either, but it really wasn't easy being a woman in the corporate world. And I was in pretty much all male dominated industries, you know, cable industry, the phone industry, things like yeah. that. Um, on, honestly, so your drivers are important. And then the next thing I do with, and I, I do this when I'm, it, when I'm a CEO of a company and I have my management team direct reports, I go through this with them. And uh, the other thing we go through is what is your personal brand? And those are, what are the characteristics that if you asked a hundred people, your peers, your subordinates, your bosses, your colleagues, give me four or five characteristics that describe Vanessa. And mm -hmm. you have to, that you find out what your personal attributes are. They can be, she's resilient or tenacious or highly intelligent, driven, um, goal-oriented, creative, passionate, uh, tough, impatient, nice, strategic. You hone in on the ones, and then there are some ones that you might not want, like unfair or mean, you know, but then there are the great ones like engaging and persuasive. You figure out which are the attributes that, that really describe you and that you want to uphold as your personal characteristics always, every day, in every conversation, in every email that you write, in every meeting. Because if you have an, a personal brand that you get known for, that is a strong, like one of the thing, one of the characteristics of my personal brand is that I'm tough. I mean, I can't, I would, I probably sent my questionnaire out over the years to 250 people. <laughs> tough, tough was in there. You know, driven was in there, but so was kind, and so was high energy, or she always strives to be an excellent example. So if I'm in a situation, <laughs> and I really want to give someone my peace of mind and be tough, I can be tough, but I say, you want to be an excellent example. You want to show people the right way to do this. You are kind. You know, but you can be tough and still be kind. As long as people, no one ever said I was mean or not fair. So I, every day, I swear, eight, 10 times a day, when I get up in the morning, I tell people, think about the emails you're going to send, the meetings you're going to be in. What characteristics of your personal brand do you need to uphold? Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, honestly, when I go to sleep, I think, how did I do? Was I driven enough? Was I tough enough? What was, did I show an excellent example to my colleagues and what drove me? And these things are, once you know these things and are aware and actively pull on these, you can get where you want to go better and, and faster, I believe, and be more successful. So that's why I always start mentoring you know, half of my, at, you know, right now I'm mentoring, uh, officially mentoring uh, eight professionals, half of whom are entrepreneurs. Um, so we go through this first with everybody, but then for the entrepreneurs, then we go into the whole strategic planning process and business planning that I would have, that I always do the same process I use when I go into a company. I've done six turnarounds now, uh, one public company, one nonprofit, and the rest are private companies many of which, all of which were failing, almost all of which were failing. 
and then or growing them to be sold as their exit strategy. So I use the same process for my mentees as I do when I go in for a turnaround. So um, when you mentor people, is that part of the services that you offer, Camille? I mean, you're, is this part of the work that you're doing? People would hire you to mentor them? Yes. If you, if you go to our website, thejanegroup.com, and again, Jane is spelled with a Y, it's in section. I have partner companies. I have eight wonderful partner companies because you know, I, I, we always, as a company, you know, when I'm doing a turnaround, we have to bring in outside experts. I'm not an expert. I mean, I know a lot about branding, but, you know, I, I'm not a, a brand messaging <clears throat> expert. I'm not an organizational behavior expert. Uh, I'm not a recruiter. So all my partner companies really fill out. I do the um, strategic planning, business planning, operational planning, team building, and uh, so that's part of it. And then when you look at the services, we pull in uh, partner companies to do the other things, you know, social media uh, and PR and crisis communication. But if someone, if a professional just wants professional mentoring, that's another service that I, that I offer. And uh, whether you're, and you have to be either a C-level person or a general manager, an entrepreneur hitting up your own business, then it doesn't matter what size. I have uh, two startup companies now where I am mentoring the president of those companies. Hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's a very rigorous mentoring project. You take it very seriously. We meet every two weeks. I give them assignments. Uh, actually, there are two of them now. We're meeting every week because it's really intense. We meet either for an hour, an hour and a half. I give them, I do a lot of work for them. You know, I'm part of their team. I write things. I put together things. But you know, when you've uh, had such a long career, you you learn a lot. And I've learned so much from everybody else. And then you have a lot of tools. It's it's just like you do in a turnaround. The very important thing about a turnaround is when you're going to leave. Because I never stay. And you then you want to coach people, transfer the knowledge. So they can do it on their own and you can go to the next people in need. So the same with mentoring, uh, it's a joy to teach. I'm a teacher at heart. I started as a teacher. I've taught in MBA programs, the Ross School of Business, UC Irvine, my whole career. It's, it's just a joy to transfer the knowledge and share a lot of these things that I got taught and a lot of seminars that I was lucky enough to be sent to, and I was like at Procter & Gamble and Pillsbury and Ameritech. So yeah, it's fun. So Jen, you mentioned something about believing in yourself. How important is that in the component of success, even as an entrepreneur and executive, that belief, because you can't make somebody believe in themselves. No, and you know, not everybody is meant to be, I am doing it for the Women's Business Institute, my next lecture, and yours is coming up. I'm looking forward to going to your, uh, going to your lecture, Vanessa. Uh, my next one's on leadership. Leadership mm -hmm. comes at all levels. You don't have to be yeah. heading a company or heading a division. You can just be heading up a project. But you just have to understand, if you don't have a strong belief in yourself, I would, it'd be hard, I think, to be, um, successful being a leader, but you have to believe in yourself that, I mean, you can, you can be a, an extremely amazing, talented software development programmer, but 
a lot of those people, not all of them, they just want a program. They just want a code. They enjoy being on a team. They don't want to live, but they really know that what they do, they do really well. But just let them do what they do well. Don't ask them to manage people. Don't ask them to lead projects, but man, they deliver. If you have no belief in yourself, I, I think it'd be very difficult to exist in the world. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's good yeah. to have some component of that. But to truly uh, either head up a company or go up the leadership ladder, because it is challenging. It You're in a lot of uncomfortable situations. One of my lectures says how to get comfortable making other people uncomfortable. You have to know how to stake and stand your ground. I go into a lot of that um, when I'm coaching people or mentoring people. You have to know, We even I even teach you, how do you give negative feedback the right way? How do you give negative news? There, it's a different process. How do you give positive feedback the right way? Most people are worse at giving positive feedback than they are negative feedback. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. They, they don't, they sit, someone may have saved the company $2 million, and some people just go, hey, great job. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's not the right way. And that's when you true. give negative feedback is a teaching experience. Negative giving negative news is a decision. It's not a discussion. It's not changing. And you you have to know how to do those things well. So it's a continual continual coaching. Um, even when I'm turning around a company, as I said, I, I do that with my direct reports all mm-hmm. the time. So, yeah. You know, I attended your class, uh, Camille, after the fact, because uh, I had a client comp- conflict. And that's another thing is that you could take the classes at WBI. We They prefer you doing them in person. I prefer, you know, I would love to have you guys there in person as well. But if you do pay for it and miss it, you could watch it on YouTube. You're given a special right. link, which is great. Um, Camille, I did something about a year or so ago, which is very similar to your characteristic um, survey that you did. I asked on Facebook as I was transitioning my company and rebranding my company about what people, um, you know, thought of me, you know, how mm-hmm. they, how they define me and brand me. That was a really fruitful exercise. Yeah. And I love how, you, so how do you go about doing that? Explain the survey. Did you give, do you give people questions? Do you recommend? I do. Okay. So I, is this, okay. <laughs> I ask them everything. I ask them, what do you enjoy? I did this when I was a senior, but first when I was a senior vice president at Ameritech in their new ventures division, mm-hmm. before they even had 360 degree reviews because it was very important to me. Um, I asked them, what do you like working? What do you like about working with Camille? What don't you like? Are you getting enough feedback? Are you learning enough? Do you feel valued? Is there anything she does that makes you feel uncomfortable? Do you have all the tools you need? It was probably about 50 or 60 questions. Wow, okay. Yeah, it was. I would say, because you know, I really work hard at being a good leader and a good coach. I, I, I really, I feel that's the most important thing to be successful. But um, you know, I've honed a lot of good practical experience. Yeah. I, th- I don't. I think I do strategic planning and business planning as well, if not better than anybody else. But there are a lot of people who do it as well as I do. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I think what what I get a lot from people because I so many people keep in touch with me years after I've left that they said, you know, working with me and on my team was such a valuable experience. They learned a lot. They felt appreciated. So I wanted to do the, the reviews of myself to see what do I do really well? Cause again, you always want to cater to your strengths. Right. And, um, 
I would say 95% of it came back really excellent. Or for example, one woman said, I really wanted to get in Camille's division at Ameritech because they always win. That was her word. Mm. She said, I was really nervous about coming to work for Camille because I hear she's tough, demanding. And this was a woman who was probably three levels below my level. But then she said, but she said, I've never had anybody um, help me so much. Uh, she's called me in to say, how can I help you? And, and, and she's head of the division. And I report into somebody reports and some reports into her. And she says, I've learned so much. So that you can be tough. But then you get that saying she feels so fulfilled and she's learning and she likes that uh, she's being challenged. So I also got one which I never realized it was embarrassing. It's that sometimes my sense of humor was not as appropriate as it should be. Mm. You know, and I'm so squeaky clean. You know, I never ever have sworn in the world. And I'm going, what's with that? And I was shocked. And I gave all, I had about 100 people in my department. I gave them all the feedback, every single bit. And every quarter I said, I promise you by our next quarterly meeting, this will be fixed. So it kept me very accountable. And man, you know, it was very helpful to me. So yes, a lot of questions now with folks. Um, you saw this this uh, slide in the personal branding lecture. I put, uh, I don't know, at least 50 human characteristics that people use when they describe how they see somebody else. I, I put those in there. And I say to people, um, you should send this chart to people and ask them to circle five or six that really describe you. And, and it needs to be anonymous. So people need to be able to send it back anonymously, um, which can be done online before, you know, you could just bring it in the office. But so people can be really honest. Not too many people feel comfortable saying, well, I think you're unfair or I think you're mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, they should be able to give you that feedback. So then you do that and you have to have enough, you know, you have to have at least 33 people to be statistically significant. So um, not easy to find that many people, but if you, you just need to keep asking folks or, but it, yeah. I think it needs to be done. And I, I, I think it's a great exercise. I mean, I'm telling you, I just asked the one question on Facebook and I, I it, it was, it's been so long ago, I gotta go search for it. Um, uh, but but it was great feedback, Camille. And I think what you're you're proposing is excellent. You, we all have to learn about ourselves. You know, really kind of be honest with ourselves. And and when I go into companies because I'm going into trouble companies, and I'm usually the CEO. But uh, once I was the president, and the CEO was the founder, and and that was fine. Um, but he was so unself-aware and not self-reflective. It affects the culture terribly. It and, does. And everybody knew that. So that's, that's yeah. unfortunate. If you really don't listen, you really do need to listen. Um, yeah. You know, you know it, it does affect the culture. And I've, I've experienced that with my own clients that I coach is that it really starts at the top. And when there's a disconnect in the leadership, not really being honest with who they are and how they come off to the team, it does affect the entire team. Oh, it's, it's terrible. It, it's demoralizing. You don't move. I mean, my whole thing when I say uh, with whether people hire me as a 
turnaround CEO or a mentor, I said, you know, I'm going to stun you with unbelievable results. Or as a, I do a lot of consulting where I do the strategic planning and business planning work. But when you say stun you with unbelievable results, the stun is the pace. If you're not aware, if a CEO or head of a, you know, division, if you're not aware of yourself, you, you just won't make progress as quickly. You just won't. It's no. Just, won't. And so I go through all that. And then when I'm doing, you know, either turnaround or management consulting, then we go into strategic planning, where you kind of do the same thing of are you aware of what business you're in? What products are you really selling? And to whom should you be selling them? Who's your target audience? A lot of people, if you go around the room, you've got 10 people, management people in the room and say, write down what business you're in. I'll get 10 different answers a lot of times. And I go, well, this is one reason you're having problems because you all don't know what industry you're in or what business you're in. And that's where we start when I yeah. do management consulting. And then you figure, okay, this is what you're offering. Who wants it? Who's your target audience? And there's hopefully more than one. Mm -hmm. And then you create a value chain for each target audience. What do, what do you have to do superbly? What benefits, what components do you that do they expect that if mm -hmm. you don't deliver those superbly, they won't feel they're getting a good value. You or any of your competition, so they might want turnkey service. They want may want real ease of use. They may want innovative uh, technology on an, on a frequent basis. And then when you find that out, you have to say from an operational standpoint, can we? They want. 24-7 customer service. And they're not going to buy you if you don't have these things. So you have to say operationally, do we have the infrastructure to deliver us? So you list what you have currently, what you need. So, you know, 24-7 uh, customer service, you need a call center, <laughs> people answering the phone. And, you know, to say ease of use, do you have great designers? You know, like when Apple came out with the iPhone, um, you know, their, one of their goals was to make it easy to use, um, plus great, great design. But um, you have to understand what each customer wants, and then you have to do your infrastructure, operating infrastructure. Out of that comes your key strategic, key strategies that the entire company, every department, every person needs to focus on. And that's what's going to get you to financials. But let me back up. I terribly forgot one thing. Once you understand what business you're in, you have to first say, what is our core purpose? A lot of people call it mission. I call it purpose because you really want every employee say, what do you walk through the door every day to do? What is your purpose? What is the one purpose that this company is focusing on? And every time you start to work on a project or ask for money for something, is it going to fulfill why we walk in the door every day? Yeah. And you, you know, there was a great TED talk, it's a great example. Apple, when they started, their core purpose was to challenge the status quo. They didn't invent the cell phone, but their iPhone challenged the status quo. They didn't invent listening to music, but their iPod. So if you're not working on some every single person, working on something, is that how is that going to challenge the status quo? So you have to come up with that for your company. Why Why do you wake up every day? Everybody. Yeah. And we, 
Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, we have about a minute or so. It's going by so fast. And I think those these are great things that people here listening uh, need to think about. And uh, uh, you have about, we have a couple of minutes left with you, Camille Jane is who we're talking to from the Jane group. Uh, I want you to give out your website and any contact information and maybe one last tip about collaborating, communicating, connecting with a community, um, you know, yeah. as you're moving as a leader. So we have about a couple of minutes with you. I want you to share your information in that last question about how okay. to connect, collaborate, communicate. Okay. Well, the Jane Group is uh, T-H-E-J-A-Y-N-E-G-R-O-U-P.com, thejanegroup.com, and our phone number is 248-762-2520. And I strongly believe that to be um, an excellent company in the community, uh, you really need to help the community. I say to leaders and people, yes, you want to uphold your personal brand. Yes, you really want to advance whatever goal you're serving, whether it's getting out a product or hitting numbers. But uh, the third component, and you or your company will not be successful unless you help others. And I think that's very important that every person should think about what sort of nonprofit work are they going to do. You need to make time for that. You need to give back. You need to maybe go out and teach. Uh, but your and your company needs to maybe adopt uh, maybe some needy entities in the community. Your employees will love you for it. They are very focused that way these days. You would just be more successful. So that my foundation for success is upholding your personal brand, always focusing on the goal you're serving and helping others. So uh, if someone asks you to be on a panel, do that. That's collaborating with others. Your network will expand. It's it's critically important, a huge part of my life. So. Great. Thank you so much, Camille Jane, for joining us here on It's Your Community. We'd love to have you on again. I would love to, Vanessa, and I can't wait for your class. <laughs> Me too. I can't wait for yours. Any All questions? Right. That's WBIUSA.com. Org, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. WBIUSA.org. If any questions or comment show topics you want me to get to, you get to me, Vanessa Denhow. You do it very easily. A lot of you like to find me on LinkedIn, on any of the social media platforms. You can private message me there. You can also go to my website, epiphanyccc.com, epiphany with three C's.com. As always, we remind you to connect, collaborate, and to communicate with your community. Thanks for listening. It's your community a public affairs presentation of News Talk 760 WJR.